You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up pretty easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com to start your free trial. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's our 27th year bringing you the latest in cool and fun consumer tech. This broadcast for the weekend of Friday, July 15th, 2022. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And delighted to have you with us. Of course, our regular every week reminder to back up your important data, leave a copy off-premise if you don't use a cloud service, and be sure to check your spam filters. You're going to find long-lost cousins in there, not the kind that are telling you you've got thousands of dollars from some Nigerian banker, but legitimate emails. I continue to find an occasional legit email from somebody. It's like, whoa, good thing I check. And then you can release it or whitelist them or whatever. But especially if you participate on the program, make sure you check your spam filters. We've discovered from several listeners telling us some of our graveline.com emails have ended up in their spam filter because they participated and wondered why they're not heard of us or heard from us. Obviously, they heard of us if they participated, but not heard from us. And that's the reason that each person has ascertained when they've looked into it. So it's important to check your spam filters for just any number of folks that you might not have heard from in a while. We've got some tech news and commentary, and then we've got uh, some calls coming up. Including like, uh, uh, Rich in Purcellville, Virginia, is, uh, calls about uh, NFTs, which he called non non fungible transforms. But you know, we, no, we'll get it's non fungible tokens. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like me, he just doesn't get the point. So, oh, really? Yeah. So oh. we're going to talk talk about that. Okay. Very good. We will happily do that. But first, some tech news and commentary. Twitter is widely rolling out its unmentioning feature to all users, which allows you to remove yourself from a conversation that includes your Twitter handle. Uh, the platform first introduced the feature to a small group of users back in April, but now they're saying it's available to everyone. Uh, you might want to use the feature yourself if you're stuck in a toxic conversation or you simply don't want to receive notifications for a thread that you're a part of. <laughs> now, unmentioning untags your username, stops notifications for the thread, and also prevents anyone in the thread from tagging you again. Apple should take a, 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 a note here about uh, group text on their phones. Yeah, because after you click or tap on that particular unmentioning font, and when you first started saying unmentioning, unmentionables, that's what I think my yeah, just, mom used to call underwear. Yeah, just don't tweet yourself in your, un, in your unmentionables. Yeah, don't do that. But after you click or tap on that prompt, your name turns gray, and conversation replies no longer would tag you. Yeah. Interesting. Now, like I said, now I wish this kind of feature would come to group text messages. Yeah, that would be interesting because you can't get out of those things. No, and it's annoying. It is annoying. You'd have to just uncontact everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about non-fungible tokens or transforms coming up. GameStop will launch non-fungible tokens and is beta testing a marketplace. Users can trade, buy, and sell NFTs using their connected virtual wallets. Good luck with that. But it's another little GameStop thing. 
According to a report from Nikkei, uh, optics and imaging giant Nikon will stop making new single-lens reflex or SLR cameras once the technological mainstay of professional photography. The death of SLR cameras has been coming uh, for quite some time as mirrorless alternatives have increased in, in image quality while offering consumers the option to use lighter and smaller products. According to Nikkei, uh, Nikon will continue to produce and distribute its existing SLR models, but will focus development on new models entirely on mirrorless cameras. Hmm. Uh, Nikkei notes that Nikon's SLR cameras were widely used by professional cameramen for more than 60 years and have come to be seen as synonymous with the Japanese company. And I've used Nikon still cameras for oh, years. Of course, and, yeah. you know, Professional photography for so many years, you had to have an SLR camera. Yep. And then they became the digital SLR cameras, and now there's no... Uh, there's no mirror in them. Moment of silence for the mirrors. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was it. Yeah. At a recent internal meeting, Mark Zuckerberg, the chief executive of Meta, of course, the parent of anti-social media, Facebook, and Instagram, had a harsh message for his employees when he said that his Silicon Valley company was facing one of the worst downturns that we've seen in recent history. Meta has reduced its target for hiring engineers in 2022 to around six to 7,000, down from an initial plan to hire about 10,000 new engineers, according to Zuck. In addition to reducing hiring, he said the company was leaving certain positions unfilled in response to attrition and, quote, turning up the heat, close quote, on performance management to weed out staffers unable to meet more aggressive goals. I guess what he's basically saying is you've milked this company for many years long enough when it didn't matter because we had more money than we ever needed. And now he's concerned about it and actually wants employees that might actually, oh, I don't know, work Uh and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Well, speaking of of working, Yelp is closing three of its U.S. offices after finding that most of its employees prefer to work remotely. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah. I thought Uh, maybe they were getting bad ratings. No. No. Uh, In a blog post, Yelp co-founder and CEO Jeremy Stoppelman said the company will close its offices in Chicago, New York, and Washington, D.C. The online review and reservation company also plans to downsize its office in Phoenix. He said that combined, the three offices that they're closing saw a weekly average utilization of less than 2% of the available workspaces. Hmm. Uh, San Francisco-based Yelp announced a remote-first work model in February of 2021. Stoppelman said that Yelp has proven it can be successful with a remote workforce, noting the company has achieved a record revenue of just over a billion dollars in 2021. You know, I, I really can't blame any company for doing basically that because if you're allowing your employees to work from home and many companies have discovered that it works just as well if not even allowing them to be more productive but why do you need to pay all that real estate you know the rent or upkeep on a building and this and that so yeah close the offices and let them work from home you're not going out of business you're actually doing the right thing for business saving money are you a tv streamer yeah. Uh, YouTube TV has just surpassed 5 million paying and free trial subscribers, bringing the live TV service to the top of the list compared to other virtual rivals like Hulu Plus, Live TV, and Sling TV. The 5 million plus users for YouTube TV is regularly priced at $64.99 a month. $65 a month. And they've got 5 million paying and free trial subscribers. The tally includes users on those limited-time free promotional trials, according to Google, which, of course, owns YouTube. 
It trails only Comcast, Charter, DirecTV, and Dish Network in numbers of subscribers. But, of course, DirecTV and Dish Network are basically dying anyway. Yeah. So won't take long to surpass them. True. After sunsetting Google Hangouts for workspace users in February, Google is now beginning the process of migrating free personal Hangouts users to chat. In an announcement posted to its blog, Google says people who still use the Hangouts mobile app will see a prompt to move to chat. As for users who use Hangouts and Gmail on the web, Google says it won't start prompting those users to make the switch until later in the month. Hangouts will remain usable on its desktop site until November, and Google says that it will warn users at at least one month in advance before it starts pointing uh, the Hangout site to chat. So there you go. Now, beware of those warnings, because if you are, in fact, we used to use the um, Hangouts. The Hangouts, sorry. You just were talking about them, and see, I need to retire. You, you, We used to use Hangouts all the time, all of our staff and a bunch of folks. And then we've migrated already, I think, maybe except for this machine here in this the studio. The studio was the last one to migrate. I did it just last week. <laughs> oh, good. So you got to get on to chats. And it's basically the same thing. They both suck. But you can't use Hangouts anymore very soon. So heed those warnings. Just remember it's Google. So it's, you know, all it is really is another way for them to, to listen in on your conversations or so read in on your, your chat conversations. Well, they might be listening anyway to you yeah. typing. Hmm. Are you ready to feel sorry for a bunch of billionaires? No. Okay, me either. But Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bozos, and Elon Musk, and a bunch of other really rich people took a major financial hit in the first half of this year, losing a total of $1.4 trillion. Oh, that's so sad. I know. In a story that Bloomberg reported, they said Zuckerberg, whose total net worth is about $60 billion, according to the Bloomberg Billionaire Index. I've always aspired to be on that. You know. Isn't that owned by another billionaire or millionaire or something? Forbes. Seems, does he still own oh, that? Oh, Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah. Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah, former New York City mayor and stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, he had begun the year with more than $100 billion, according to that news outlet. Now he only has $60 billion. In worth, the index notes that Bezos or Bozo has a current total net worth of only one hundred thirty-three billion dollars. That's it. Yeah, poor guy. While Bloomberg notes he lost around sixty-three billion in the first half of the year, probably a lot of that by sending space tourists up to almost space. Meanwhile, Elon Musk, whose total net worth is two hundred ten billion dollars. Lost close to $62 billion during the same time period. And he's probably about to lose more in court by yes. paying legal fees. <laughs> well, if nothing else, it's a billion dollars to get out of the deal altogether. But he's going to get all of his answers. Twitter's going to be saying, having to, in discovery in court, indicate that it's a lot more than just less than 5% spam bots. So we're going to see how that plays out. But, oh, no, how will we ever cope with these poor, poor billionaires? And how will they afford their mega yachts? Well, they're probably going to have to sell off a dinghy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to get an update on that story we talked about several months ago, speaking of mega yachts, of uh, of Bezos, who was having his mega yacht built, and they you know had to 
take down or dismantle a bridge in order for oh, it to yes. pass through. Yes. And, so, <laughs> and, and you were assigned homework yeah. to follow because, up on that for our my, audience. My favorite thing, though, is that there, there started a petition and all the residents in this small town in you know, Norway, whatever it was, were going to line up and, and throw things, I guess, at the yacht as it was sailing past. <laughs> I hope major throw projectiles eggs. Was, throw yeah. eggs. Yeah. yeah, tomatoes, rotten fruits, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, you know, send a bunch of stuff that'll smell. Dead fish. You know, throw all that stuff out there. <laughs> so we don't even know if it happened yet yeah. or not, that they were dismantling a bridge yeah. to get his mega yacht out. You yeah. think somebody would have thought of that before they built such a mega yacht mm-hmm. that, well, we're going to have to dismantle that bridge and build it back again. And yeah, uh, well, when well, you have his money. You can afford to do that. Well, but this <laughs> poor guy just lost billions. Oh, I know. Like I said, he's got to sell a dinghy. Maybe they'll take off a few decks. That could be to just go under the bridge yeah. and not disrupt the poor people. But now you have to follow up. Mark my words, everyone listening. Chris's homework for next week is to follow up on this story. You better do it. Oh, great. You better do it or you're going to really disappoint our audience. Are you surprised with this new study? People around the world are turned off by news. Not at all. (laughs) In media circles, there's a popular, if disquieting, new phrase this month. Selective news avoidance. It comes from the newest edition of the annual Reuters Institute Digital News Report. So other than our tech news and commentary, are you using selective news avoidance? I'm using total news avoidance. Oh, total yet. (laughs) Wow. So the only news you get is when you walk by into my office and I have the news on in the background. Wow. That's why you, you know, you'll, I'll walk in and you're like, did you hear so-and-so? I'm like, no, I didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> or, oh, check this out. Let me rewind and show you that story. Wow, that's wild. But once in a while, you do the Fox and Friends morning show. Once in a while. Aha. See. Rich in Purcellville, Virginia, participated with the Ask Dave microphone button at intotomorrow.com and was smart enough and remembered to give us his name, where he's joining us from, and how he hears the show. Hey, Rich. I have a question for you, actually two questions for you about NFTs or non-fungible transforms. Uh, the first question is, did anyone ever use the word fungible in a sentence before NFTs yeah. came along? <laughs> no. And the second is, what's the point? I kind of understand what they are and how to get one, but I don't understand why NFTs exist. Uh, seems like, yeah, you can have artwork in an NFT, but you can't hang it on a wall or anything. It's, you can't look at it. I just don't get the point. So if you could clear that up for me, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Well, Rich, you're welcome. And in our opinion, there really is no point. It's basically just a scam, we think, at this point. Uh, in theory, it's that an artist, you could sell your original work, verify that sale, and there would be a clear chain of ownership. Well, the reality is that your meme is not worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and that the chain of ownership isn't unique. You could sell the same piece of art on four different blockchains, and they'd all just essentially provide the new owner, air quotes, with a link to the same image. Yeah, and that ownership is also only valid as long as the blockchain is alive. I mean, they've proven far less reliable than advertised with several cryptocurrencies folding and disappearing overnight. 
Uh, now, the main point of NFTs right now is really to provide a vehicle for money laundering. Ooh, uh, can, well, it's probably true. Yeah, I mean, because you can set any price for an item that objectively may cost $0, transfer ownership of those funds, and have a way to justify the transaction. Uh, but in reality, uh, NFTs really don't provide any real value to the world right now. Unfortunately, that's true. NFTs are the digital version of a banana taped to a wall selling for $120,000. Yeah, which happened, you know, I think down here in Miami yeah. at our Art Basel. And, and I read recently that that artist is now being sued by someone who says they copied that artwork from them anyway. Oh, really? So, Somebody <laughs> else had taped a banana to a wall? Taped something to a wall, and they're, oh. they're arguing because the tape was at the same angle. And, and, and it, like, <laughs> <laughs> what a world God. we live in. I'm telling you, it was <laughs> such a litigious society. Get over yourselves, people. That's I've I've only sued one time in my life, and it was typically an insurance company for a roof replacement after a hurricane. And I didn't even have to follow through with it. It was just the attorney threatening the lawsuit. So really, I didn't sue anybody. I just threatened to sue them, and they finally paid off. Because as we all know, insurance is just legalized mafia. Exactly. Uh, but Rich, I hope we helped you out there. Don't spend your money on NFTs at this point. I know there's people listening going, what? Are you crazy, Dave and Chris? There's there's money to be made. Really, prove it. Show us. Tell us that we're wrong in how we said don't be wasting your money on NFTs. Because, yeah, some people have made money with it. Not necessarily legitimately. That's what we think anyway. What do you think? 800-899-INTO. We value your opinion. Participate on Into Tomorrow. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. And let Best Medicare do the work for you. As Into Tomorrow continues, many people with diabetes have to prick their fingers many times a day to track their blood glucose. But what if you could go six months without having to jab yourself? With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. For many diabetic patients... Stabbing your finger for a drop of blood is a painful and inconvenient process that must be repeated many times a day. That's why the wearable, continuous glucose monitors are gaining popularity. They eliminate the dreaded finger stick. But these devices must be changed every two weeks, and they still require that a sensor be inserted through the skin. The Eversense E3 system takes a different approach. It relies on a tiny sensor the size of a grain of rice that is implanted under the skin. It requires no power. Instead, it lights up in response to an external sensor worn on the skin. This provides continuous readings without requiring a hole in the skin. Best of all, 
The sensor has been approved for use up to six months at a time before it needs to be replaced. Overall, the process is less invasive and more convenient than other approaches. The system has FDA clearance and recently received the European CE mark, making it widely available to diabetes patients. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Alfred. The cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. Man, do we have goodies for you, tens of thousands of dollars worth of goodies. And how do you get them? You just participate, share some tech rage, help another listener by maybe adding to one of our answers for them, or asking any question about any consumer technology that we're happy to address for you. And we're going to tell you how to do that. It's very easy, but how about some of the cool prizes? From Brondell, we've got a couple of their GoSpot collapsible travel bidets, and they're providing a Swash CL2200 ultra-thin luxury bidet toilet seat with remote control. Very cool. Valued at 650 bucks. I know. It's my favorite device to sit on regularly. <laughs> From Skosh, their Rhythm Plus 2.0 armband heart rate monitor. How about their jump starter with flashlight and USB charging outlet? Or the Magic Mount Pro? Charge 5 for MagSafe and Qi, or QI, enabled phones. We got a bunch of goodies from them. How about Bob the Mini Dishwasher? Oh, yeah. It's not a short guy that comes to your house to wash your dishes. Oh, no. An actual high-tech small countertop dishwasher from Dantech. Worth 450 bucks, I might add. From Vivo, or is it Vivu? Vivu. I can never remember. They're at-home urine test kits to track your body's wellness. These are really cool. You may want one of those. From SureCall, the Fusion To Go Max cell phone signal booster for your vehicle, valued at $500. And how does one participate? Check out all the prizes, by the way, at intotomorrow.com. You can use the Ask Dave button on the Into Tomorrow app, hit the microphone on our site at intotomorrow.com, or call 800-899-INTO. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thanks for tuning in during our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech. And of course, that typically includes products and services, gadgets and gizmos, websites and apps, books, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We love it, absolutely love it when you participate on the program, not just because you win prizes when you're heard on the air, especially during our huge annual Cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway, 
but because you make the show, your participation, your consumer tech questions, your help for other listeners adding to our answers, or even debating our answers, whatever the case, we love it when listeners help other listeners. So don't hesitate to join us anytime at your convenience. You know, you can do that 24-7. You don't have to wait till the next time you hear the broadcast or the podcast or what have you. You can join us anytime and then hear yourself on the next show. So do tune in, do stay tuned, and do participate. The easy way, you can pick up the phone if you still use your phone as a phone and dial 1-800-899-INTO. It's toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-4686. Or, and we love this one, and it sounds like you're right here in the studio, we hope you'll download our very small Into Tomorrow app from your favorite app store. Just search those two words, Into Tomorrow, and hit the button that says Message the Studio. And you sound, again, like you're right here with us. And that's terrific. Or a lot of folks these days are using a new method, and that is to visit us at our website and click the little Ask Dave microphone that you'll see on the right-hand side. And if you do that, we ask that you be sure to also include your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. And you do that at intotomorrow.com. Again, anytime at your convenience. Our next guest has written a book that highlights six key expansion theories. We'll find out what that means. That are critical to building a more sustainable future. He's the CEO of Danish Design Center and co-author of Expand Stretching the Future by Design. Christian Basin. Christian, joining us from Denmark. Welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. Uh, good to be on the show and just uh, flashing uh, the the book hot from the press. Uh, so thanks for the mention. Oh, by all means. And those uh, listening on the radio yet to see the video of this interview, visit us at intotomorrow.com and you'll see Christian and the book uh, all about expanding the future. Uh, tell me about the whole concept about expand uh, and stretching the future by design. What's the idea there? Right. So the big idea is that we've gotten very, very good at designing uh, technology that uh, that we love as consumers. Uh, so we have, um, you know, worked with uh, what we call a user-centered or human-centered design to create uh, products people fall in love with, whether that is a physical uh, tech product, it could be your your phone, uh, it could uh, be, be your car for that matter. Uh, or whether it's digital experiences, uh, your streaming services, your apps, and so forth. And that's all been amazing. And I'm personally, I've grown up with the microcomputer. I've grown up with uh, the technology that's really been shaping our world. But we've come to a place in, well, human history where um, we are reaching kind of the boundaries that our planet can cope with uh, in terms of uh, climate change and environmental change. We've also reached a point where... We're beginning to ask ourselves whether all technology is, is good for us. Uh, uh, what about uh, addiction to, to our streaming services? Uh, there are increasing mental health problems uh, for young people uh, dealing with social media. And we've also seen technology being used sometimes, you know, for not so good purposes. Yeah, and I'm sure when you when you mentioned you you mentioned uh, addiction, uh, addiction to our devices, even themselves, whether it's for anti-social media (laughs) or otherwise, it's like got to have my phone within arm's reach at all times. 
true. Uh, look at my 15-year-old daughter, and uh, it's almost on the extent of her hand, you know? Yeah. And, um, when you look at the streaming services, I'm, a, I'm an avid uh, watcher myself, but, you know, the biggest enemy for, for the streaming services is your, is your night's sleep. And, and that, that's what they're, you know, uh, attacking now is, you know, uh, get another round of... Uh, of uh, you know binging on the next uh, episode and so you know I, I understand where it's coming from it's coming from of course you want to sell good products and services and they're really good at it i think they're probably too good at it especially the as i always refer to them the anti-social media because it's part of that right. addiction it's part of the fix we all need whether it's i'm hoping for more likes or more followers or more friends or whatever or just because I want to see what else is going on, you know, with my friends and family. Uh, yeah, we're all afraid we're going to miss something, right? Yeah, we have, we have a bit of a FOMO. We are yeah. afraid of missing out. And so the notion we're coming with in the book, and the book is really about how do we need to start thinking differently to, to change the world in, maybe in a better direction or in the direction that we want. And we're suggesting that just because we have a, a, a iPhone number 11 or 12 or 13, <laughs> does that mean we'll have iPhone number 20 a few years down the line? Or if we're binging for five hours on average on, uh, on streaming services, we'll be then be watching seven hours in the future. Is, is that where we want to go? So we are actually asking a bit about to stop for a while and take a look at how we design things, uh, what's, uh, what kind of consumption do we want, how do we do it in ways that are good for people? And good for the planet. And to do that, and oh, by the way, also good for profits. We still, of course, want to make money. We want to have good jobs and we want to have growing companies. So we're saying uh, we have six ideas, six big, big ideas about how to expand our thinking. And um, that can be applied in business. It can be applied in, uh, in tech engineering. But it could also be, I think, applied in our own lives, in the way we think about how we consume things and how we live our lives. Hmm. Well, and of course, unfortunately, I don't have a copy of the book, but I'm looking on your website. And I'm wondering if, if you feel that tech is helping our planet uh, to be more sustainable or just in general, or is it not? Is it hurting our planet? Well... Again, when you come from the field of design and you look at the state of affairs in terms of climate change and environment and so on, you can't help but think that we, you know, we did this to ourselves. You know, we we uh, we created this uh, culture and the consumptions that led us to where we are. And so, on the one side, you can be a bit pessimistic and you can say that well, uh, tech and uh, great design got us into the mess. Uh, but if it got us here, it could also get us out of the mess. And so as the problems we're facing as a humanity and as a planet are changing, we need to change our approaches to the problem and, and use the power of technology, the power of great design to uh, shape and make a more sustainable future, but also a future that's still attractive, like a future we want to live in, a future that's also fun and beautiful and uh, exciting. So that's kind of where we are coming from. We're coming from, a let's call it... Um, guarded optimism around what we can do to shape a better future. Well, that's terrific. And Christian, I'm wondering then, what are a couple at least of the six points that you refer to, uh, and give us an idea uh, as to how you address those. Right. So the first one, which is almost like a, an obvious one, if you think about it, is time. And when we think about um, the products that surround us, you know, many of them are designed to not last very long. And they're also designed uh, to to not be able to, you can't really repair them or fix them. As an example, uh, I have a, a very nice uh, German-made uh, dishwashing uh, machine. I've had it for about uh, 10 years. Um, you know, in the, in, um, 
about 20 years ago, a machine like that would last for at least 12 or 14 and would be designed for that. Today, it's designed to last about eight years. And uh, my technician is telling me that I need to replace it. But actually, all that's wrong with it is that there's a bit of, uh, of, of rust and a little bit of leakage. To fix the leakage and the rust inside the machine, it's the same price as a new machine. Yeah. And so instead yeah. of replacing the tray, which is just a piece of metal, I ought to actually go down and buy a new one and throw this one out. Now, I'm kind of struggling on that one, and I'm trying to find ways to keep it for a while running. But we've made a whole world of products that you just buy, purchase, use, and then discard again. And we need to start thinking about how can we recycle them? How can we make them easier to repair? How can we make replacement parts that don't cost $500 like this metal tray will cost me to put back without rust? So that's just a small example from our everyday lives. But it's an example of how we've, in a way, designed uh, technology and products for redundance rather than for longevity. And so the point about time Let's think of longer time frames. Let's think about 20 years or 30 years and think about uh, how can we create something that's really, really long lasting. And that goes for products and goes for even for business strategies as well. A quick interruption here, if you don't mind, Christian. We're talking with Christian Basin, the CEO of Danish Design Center and the co-author of this new book, Expand, Stretching the Future by Design. And, of course, we will continue our talk with Christian right after this. I'm Dave Graveline. Into Tomorrow Continues. Don't go away. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast, but we're guessing listeners of Into Tomorrow would pick it up easily. And it's also less costly than you might imagine. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com to start your free trial. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with the CEO of Danish Design Center and the co-author of his new book, Expand, Stretching the Future by Design, Christian Basin. Interesting thing is I'm sure uh, there in Copenhagen where you are, we have the same problems as we do here in the in the U.S. in terms of built-in obsolescence as well. You talk about how good, well-built products typically used to be designed to last longer than they do now. But part of it is because of technology where you also want new features. I've, I've replaced my dishwasher, ironically, <laughs> recently, and it's because now I've got the latest tech. I mean, it texts me when it's finished with a cycle. I can start it via my uh, my Alexa. I can do <laughs> I mean, you know, not that you do all the time. You push the sure. buttons and get it going, but it does do a much better job at being quiet and cleaning. And I mean, okay, I'm happy that I did replace it. I had to as well. Some leaking, whatever. But maybe not so much built-in obsolescence as it was, you know what, now's a chance to get the latest tech as well. And after all, that's what we cover. So yeah, of course, I went with the tech. True. True. And I I can see the attraction and uh, I'm getting a little bit envious here. Maybe I should replace (laughs) it to get uh, the the texting thing and so on. But let me give you a, a, a kind of cool example 
uh, of uh, how you can think differently about this. So there's a there's this uh, high-end hi-fi uh, company called Bang and Olufsen. Sure, very you familiar know, with them. Yeah, it's a Danish-based uh, global brand, right? You know them, and yep. it's beautiful, right? It's well designed, beautifully designed, also pretty expensive, but it's also timeless. Which means that a Bang & Olufsen hi-fi speaker from the 1970s or uh, 80s uh, still looks beautiful and cool if it's well-maintained. Uh, but of course, it's not Wi-Fi enabled. Now, what? Um, and it doesn't have Bluetooth, right? It doesn't have built-in amplifier. It doesn't have any of those things. You can run it with your phone. Yeah. But what Bang & Olufsen did a few years back, and actually I was at uh, South by Southwest uh, with them uh, for, for this product launch, which was to build a something called they called BNO Create, which was a basically a circuit board, uh, more or less uh, based on a Raspberry Pi piece of uh, hardware, hmm. where if you just screw that on the back of your old speakers, it would get uh, amplification, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, and suddenly you could keep your speakers running for the next decade with the latest, you know, connecting it to your phone. Wow. So it's just an example of a uh, what we also would call open source hardware, but where you think about how could we actually, with a few twists, make this product uh, live much, much longer and still create joy and value and, uh, and, uh, for, for, for the consumer, especially when you build high quality from the start. Yeah, and, so that's and just an example. In that case, I was going to say kudos to Bang & Olufsen for being able to do something like that because, yeah, these speakers are fine. There's no reason to replace them except for the tech. Well, let's add the tech to the existing speakers. Not only does that make sense, but it also hopefully can save us all money. We can continue to enjoy whether it's speakers or any other product that we are truly enjoying and not replacing. But somehow, and you can't do that with everything, you know, good luck trying to do that with a dishwasher, for example. But you certainly can do that with many items uh, that we're familiar with that we love, including our cars. You know, you might have an older car, but you can add Bluetooth technology. You can do certain things that you might not have been able to do. You know, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. And I mean, you can do things to upgrade a vehicle. I think we need to all of us think more about upgrading rather than always just replacing. If it makes sense, of course, replace. But sometimes upgrading makes even more sense. Sure, and uh, and of course the benefit is not only to, to um, you know keep your your, your things you love uh, in your life, uh, but also it's better for the planet because uh, if we uh, you know otherwise often we'll just throw this in the trash bin and we'll it'll end up in a landfill or end up in yeah. uh, being burned in a plant and then we get uh, CO two or carbon uh, challenges and uh, climate change. So it's also about thinking smart ways where we can live a cool life with the tech and the products we love, but also care uh, more for the environment, care more for the planet, and uh, basically get a win-win. And of course, one of the things you talk about in your book, Expand, Stretching the Future by Design, uh, you discuss the difference between self-serving technologies and society-serving technologies. Is that an example of, of that? I think definitely it's an example in the sense that we're saying, how do we go beyond what's just great for consumption and think broader, right? So expanding our thinking about what are we designing for? We have some uh, some points in the book that, uh, yeah, we design for people. We create technology for people. But how do we do it at the same time? We take care of uh, uh, other species that are kind of uh, living on this planet. And uh, think about that, uh, that for a moment. And so expanding our thinking doesn't mean that we don't create great products and services anymore, but it means that we take a bigger perspective and we take more factors into consideration as we as we uh, design them. Sure. And uh, that's what um, the world calls for, which means that 
if you're a company, if you're a designer, uh, think about uh, what's not just uh, good for sales. Uh, we want to sell, sure, but what's also good for society and good for the planet. Wow, love it. Well, Christian, you're a delight to talk with. Uh, if you if you don't mind, I'm sure you don't mind, hold your book up again uh, so we can see it. He is the co-author of this book that you can see, Expand, Stretching the Future by Design. He's also the CEO of Danish Design Center, Christian Basin. Thanks so much for joining us here on Into Tomorrow. We look forward to chatting with you again at some point. And uh, keep up the good work and, and keep our minds thinking about better ways to do things. Things. Whether it's saving the planet, saving us money, whatever, any number of things are can be very positive. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure. May your thinking keep expanding. Yeah. Oh, I like what you did there. Very good. It's like uh, having you guests uh, on to bring us further into tomorrow, and you've done just that. Again, the co-author of Expand, Stretching the Future by Design, his website, cleverly enough, expandingthefuture.com. We'll get you there, too, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Stay tuned. There's much more to come here on Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. It all happens right here on the Advanced Media Network. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Delighted that you've tuned into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Dexcom. Always know where your glucose is headed and how fast. Visit dexcom.com. Mo in Tyler, Texas, listens every week on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Mo. What is the best way to get a local channel in our TV? Uh, I have purchased the. Uh, high-definition antenna, and I never got them to work. Uh, So what's the best way or best equipment I can use to get the local channel on TV? Thanks for what you do. Well, Mo, it's our pleasure. Uh, Thank you for participating. You just need an antenna, and it doesn't have to claim high-definition. That's just a sales gimmick. Any antenna will do. Now, if you're not getting your local channels with the current one, you may just be a little too far away from the source. The only real solution to that is to get a bigger, taller antenna and see if that helps with your problem. Yeah, an antenna on your roof will do better than an antenna indoors. But ultimately, the range of any local station that doesn't have a repeater set up on top of a mountain or a skyscraper um, is in the range of tens of miles. Once you get past 60 or 70 miles, the curvature of the planet will make it impossible for the signals to reach you. So if that's the case, you're stuck with cable or live TV streaming, which is basically the same price as cable these days. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you might want to look into YouTube TV or Hulu Plus or live 
Live TV or Sling TV, those kinds of things. Check us out at intotomorrow.com. 